Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. We're here for another team season preview and this time the team is the Detroit Lions. And with us today, returning guest, he came on last year for the same season preview and the same team, it's Detroit Lions and Marek Larwood. How are you, mate? All right. Was this the um, record numbers podcast last year of all of them? Did this get the most listens of all of the season preview previews? Um, I've not checked, if I'm honest. Um, I can go back and check, but no, I... Um... I couldn't tell you. <laughs> what are we talking? One million people, two million people. I think maybe even ten million, maybe twenty million. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, I know that Dan Campbell listens to this a lot of the time before he does his fifty-three man roster. <laughs> he tunes in. He says, "Well, I'm not sure. What does that bald Englishman who looks like an egg think?" and Yes, he does. Uh, a lot of the things I say in his podcast, you'll see happen within the next two weeks. I mean, I've heard rumblings out, you know, he goes to the gym in the morning, has its has his 20 or 30 shots of espresso in the morning, goes to the gym and plays his podcast in the background. So I think he gets he gets pumped for each week by listening to um, listeners to his podcast with you in it, but also watching Celebrity on ITV2 and really just getting full Marek experience. <laughs> Full Mar- I can't believe that's the show that I'm going to be remembered for. A well, glittering, well, glittering career of all the TV shows and films. Celebrities, the one. You're right. You listeners won't have heard of it. I mean, let's just talk about let's just talk about American football, please. <laughs> Maybe they play Poo Man cards on the journey to. Um... That is it. Plug it. That's what I want. I want some plugs for products. That I have made, so I can make some money out out of the podcast. <laughs> yes, very Absolutely. good. Pooh Man cards, the greatest game for four and upwards. Why not go to poohman.co.uk? I'm sure Dan Campbell's bought a copy for everyone who makes the foreign roster. And just don't press .com either. You'll get some um, awfully different website. You, you will get something bad. <laughs> Yeah, not recommended to any of our listeners. Don't press pooman.com. It's not it's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> um so we are here to talk all things Detroit Lions. Um of course, whole different um expectations to last season. I mean, last season was sort of a you know, people were saying the Lions they could be a dark horse, they could surprise people by getting a few wins, but Turns out you really were one win away from the playoffs. And, you know, if Seattle had lost to the Rams, I think it was the Rams they played, you know, you could have made it by beating Green Bay. So the expectations changed a lot in a year. Now, do, do you think that changes the whole mentality of players? Because it's a whole different... It's one thing being a team where you're the underdogs and there's no real pressure on you and stuff like that. To go from that to what it's like now, and a lot of people are saying you could win the division and even be a Super Bowl dark horse from the NFC. Do you think that changes their mentality in terms of going from maybe being the hunters to being the hunted? It's such an odd thing how people get behind sort of runs in in sport because it was at the start of last season uh, for people who follow the line, started terribly as usual. Um, I think Dan Campbell had the first season where he had sort of a free pass just to rebuild the side. And there was mild expectation that it would be improvements, but it started diabolically and they were everyone's darlings because they were on hard knocks and everyone thought, oh, is 
Dan Campbell's unconventional style of almost being one of the players and being sort of uber excitable and not, he's not the sort of clipboard quiet coach. He's just, he's there in everyone's faces and trying to build a whole new culture. And it seems to be going downhill pretty fast. And then there was a remarkable turning point when we won, I think, was it seven of the last eight, something crazy. So suddenly they become now almost overhyped, I think. And the best thing that can happen... (laughs) The first games against the Chiefs, which is the, obviously the biggest, the toughest game of the whole schedule. If they win that, it's going to the pressure's going to be ridiculous and go crazy. But I think they'll probably lose that, and that might take the edge off the expectations. But in reality, the NFC they haven't won the NFC North. So I started supporting the Lions about 1989, I think before you were born, 88, 89 when they had Barry Sanders and uh, people like Rodney Pete was their quarterback around that time. And that were the, they were their glory years, basically just riding off the back of Barry Sanders. If you've seen his highlights, if you don't know who he is for English fans, just it's incredible. Just look up uh, Barry Sanders highlights reel. It was a phenomenal talent, but they haven't won. I think they, they we lost to the Cowboys or something. We got we beat the Redskins. It was, it was 1993. We got to um, the conference championship, I think. They haven't won the division for something like this. The longest drought, I think 30 years. I can't remember the exact figure. They haven't won the division in. And that's out of Ford. That's out of, back then it might have been five teams. I think the Bucks were in that division for a bit. But out of four teams to not win a division in 30 years, the odds of that are... Someone work it out, but so the expectations this year are the most they've been since the early nineties, and mainly because Rogers has gone. The Bears are still, although they've improved slightly, are in a rebuilding season, and the Vikings, as everyone would probably admit, had a fluke season last year. I think they are probably the worst team to ever go 13 and four or get 13 wins in the season. So this is the, the, the biggest opportunity the Lions have had, even if they had an average team. And I think the team is better than average. I'll stop speaking now for a bit. <laughs> well, I was just looking up the, um, on, while I was talking, I was looking up on Google, the, the answer to your thing. And I'm looking at here that this article was from 2018 that said that they've had 25 straight seasons without a division title. So that means, that's at 20, 30 years now, pretty much without a division title. Oh, that's correct. And looking at the playoff win drought in the it's sort of wins in the playoff game, um, mean me and your team are the are the top two. The Lions have got 31 years without a, a playoff win, and the Dolphins are next with 22. So it's even between those two, the top two, that's like a nine-year difference between yourselves and the next longest drought. So that just shows even more just how long it's been without a without a playoff win. Yeah, I'm 47 years old now. I was 16 when they last won the playoffs. That's incredible. How old are you, Andy? I was born in '95, so I'm 28. So that means so you haven't, you've never, you not in the course of your lifetime. No, I mean I've never seen Dolphins win a playoff game either. I mean the last one came in 2000, I think it was, but even then, like, I was way too young to even. No, who cares? Who cares about stupid dolphins? <laughs> Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, go for it, mate. Go for it. No, I, I, I just wanted to know. 
<laughs> you you can talk I... about the dolphins in your own shitting time. <laughs> were you saying there was it Lions fans when you went to a game? Was it Lions fans or Dolphins fans kept were drink driving and throwing cans? Was it the Dolphins fans or the Lions? No, fans? that was the Bills. The Bills, is it? Oh, the Bills. Okay. I went to see the Dolphins play at Ralph Ellis Stadium um, with the uh, against the Bills. And the, the Bills fan, it was a night game, and there were some Dolphins fans in the predominantly Bills stand. And they were just throwing beer cans, they're like full beers at their heads. <laughs> I would love to have been there for that. That would be amazing three, to watch. <laughs> three or four people got arrested when we were there, and everyone was absolutely hammered. Yeah, the guy who gave us a lift to the stadium was clearly pissed. And so Ralph Ellis Stadium... Is miles were out of Buffalo, and I think most people in that stadium were drinking heavily or smashed out their faces. So definitely loads of drink driving. That's what I think I was talking about. That's that's no shock to me because I actually went to Detroit last year on Thanksgiving for the Lions against Bills. Oh, did you? Yeah, that was that was amazing. But everyone I was with, apart from me, seemed to be absolutely off their face. Everyone seemed to be completely smashed. But, um, yeah, what an experience that was. Experience. What a stadium. It's a surprise, isn't it? Because Detroit's a shithole. And then there's the uh, there's the baseball stadium right next to the Lions stadium. Mm. And inside, when you go inside, it's literally like stepping out of a ghetto into a... Re- it's crazy. Do you not think? Or Yeah, I mean, I even more so. The fact that I was actually staying with friends I'd made in in a mansion in Detroit, which is something I don't think you can normally put these two together. A mansion in Detroit, it didn't. I didn't think those two would ever mix. But to go from that to then tailgating and driving through, even when you arrived in Detroit, we drove past all these cars and it was just didn't look nice at all. And then when you get the, we got this taxi from where we were staying to to the stadium, and it was just, I, it was not a nice watch. I'm mean, not not what not a nice viewing. I must say, walking through some of that Detroit and driving through it. And then um, you know, and then you go to like tell and you go to the stage yourself and it is just incredible. I mean, um I will say that like it was the most condensed I felt walking through a stadium in terms of getting to your seat. I went to a lot of games last year, most of them you'd have a lot of you could there's so much free space to walk around where I found whether you're going getting a drink or whether you're going for a cute toilet or whether you're walking in and out the stadium. I did find it was awfully condensed, which I find in a way it's quite a good thing. It shows a bit of hostility in the atmosphere but um yeah i thought it was incredible it was um i even saw someone got hot boot at half time they had like a little performance in the um i think it was bebe rex that was performing at half time and she got booed by, by all the fans because she was um it was terrible terrible sound it was awful awful performance oh see when i went to see the lions there it was when they were still unpopular because last season they were selling out when i went it was half full not, really? you know not it wasn't rammed so you probably didn't have that condensed feeling in the stands that you had when you went so yeah yeah went in the stadium but yeah what experience though i mean i did touch on it when i did my episode when i reviewed my time in detroit but for anyone listening or hasn't listened to that do give it a check out because it is just it was something i i think to experience thanksgiving in america had to be either dallas or detroit it just had to be for the tradition and yeah what experience but i wouldn't go there for a holiday, Detroit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Did you go around the street where they've all painted and decorated the whole... It's a basically um empty street that's turned into an art project. So they've 
decorated all the houses. They've painted them all weird colours, like covered wine, complete cuddly toys. All the paving stones are painted different colours. It's like stepping in some strange Wizard of Oz-like land because it was completely abandoned. They've used it as an art project. So, And when I was there, I met a bloke who just bought a flat in a building for $7,000 because oh, wow. it was it was just empty. This is like 2012, so 10 years ago, because no one wanted to live there. So I don't wow. know if it's improved a bit. Anyway, should we, we should talk about the... Um, well, we have to talk. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? They're just bits of meat, aren't they? They're just <laughs> hunks of meat jumping around at each other. They all get brain damage <laughs> and then forgotten about by their <laughs> by their sides, especially running backs. They're, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of the lines, um, ins and outs in the off season. Uh, the main ins include CJ Gardner Johnson, Graham Glasgow, Marvin Jones, David Montgomery, Emmanuel Mosley, and Cameron Sutton. And the main outs, I can only really find three major outs in the Sean Elliott, Jamal Williams, and DJ Chark. And in the draft, which for me was the most interesting part of the offseason, you took Jameer Gibbs, you traded back from 6 to 12, took him the running back from Alabama, 12th overall. You took Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker, 18th overall. You took Sam Laporta, the tight end, 34th overall. You took Alabama safety Brian Branch, 45th overall. And then one more, I wouldn't say all of them, there's too many, but 68th overall, you took Hennon Hooker from Tennessee, the QB. So what was your thought on the draft? Because, you know, no one thought you'd take a running back. And it's even more surprised in the fact that you could have taken B. John Robinson at six. We took him at 12, obviously traded back to get one at 12. What were your thoughts on the draft? Because that seemed to get a lot of negative reactions from a few Lions fans I know on Twitter. They thought maybe they could have gone a different position or got running back later on in the draft. But what was your thoughts overall on the draft as well as the ins and outs at the Lions? Well, I think that they were trying to get B. Jen Robinson, even though I can't say his name properly, because he's the the premier. You know, I think he's the real difference maker from what I saw. And I, I presume they thought, oh, we'll get him. But the Falcons took him and they were like, oh, what are we going to do? They released, well, they traded... Um, Swift to the Eagles, which I was surprised at, which made me think that they realised somewhere during last season that he wasn't going to be the sort of the player that they'd hoped, as usual, with the running backs. So they really bigged up Jamal Gibbs. I can't, even, I can't say any of the names. Um, but who knows? I was surprised because everyone's, you could have probably got him at 18. So it was weird going for him at a running back that high because he was no, I don't think he was in anyone's top 20. So that was a surprise. And also um, the linebacker was a bit of, um, Jack Campbell was a bit of a reach as well. But according to what I've read about the, the preseason, he's been one of the most impressive players. So they did need help there. And they obviously went out and they improved their secondary in um, uh, free agency. So, that's good. It was nice to see, you know, Marvin Jones come back to the Lions. It was nice to see Graham Glasgow come back, who is the offensive lineman. So we didn't it's just nice to see these players who were there and good good players for us almost come back for a year and do this sort of glory run. But I think um we've got a, a wide receiver we drafted the year before called Jameson Williams. I think it was from Alabama or something. He was supposed to be a real speedster, but he's just been done for uh gambling it just sounds like a wide receiver who's an absolute moron to be honest and 
he's one of those ones who's just, I think, probably just stupid because he can't doesn't seem to be getting the roots in the preseason. Nate Sudfield and him had no connection at all in their preseason games. But who knows? Maybe he'll turn things around. Yeah, they're sort of going for it this year. So it feels like, you know, you get that. You, you can attract before in sort of the history of the Lions, you, we wouldn't necessarily attract good free agents. But now we've got these decent, you can see, oh, they like the culture of the Lions. Obviously, all the players talk to each other. I think they've turned around and they all want to be playing. You know, they've got probably, what's the average career? Four or five years. They want to be playing playoff football and the Lions are in a, a, a prize, prime position to do that. So they're attracting more elite players who are willing to get on better deals and getting people like Marvin Jones and Graham Glasgow come back to get those get that player experience. So I think the draft I was underwhelmed by, but then again, I don't follow. It's such a, I've got a problem with the reporting of the draft. It's just, it's that dead season bit from January until May. None of us know anything about, especially over in the UK. You don't know anything about these players, other than what, other than some, someone's picked them out in the top twenty and ordered them from what they think of them. It's just speculation, and it, it's just, it's just a news story really to keep you interested. And then you start thinking, oh, I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good. All you've seen is like ten minutes of highlights for them. You've not, you know, you, that's all pretty much. There's hundreds of players. And people talk about the draft as if they've seen more than if they've more than ten minutes on each of the players. No one has. No one's gone through and spent a whole day analysing the tape, interviewing the players. That you don't know. And yet they, everyone's an expert on drafts, and people know absolutely fuck all about the draft. It's just a way of them being able to talk about their lists, and they send. Them, and I hate all this endless, literally. Oh, here's you know, Scott so-and-so's 1.7 draft and it's completely changed from, you know, completely changed in three months. So what the other six were just bullshit then? It's just a total waste of our lives following the draft. It's a waste of everyone's life following anything on the draft and pretending you know about it. Just wait until they start playing. Go and read Rather than read some dickheads drafting about players you'd no idea about, go and read a book by a great author. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you mean completely. I mean, even you know, I the Gridiron magazine every year they go through their you know the best fifty prospects, and you know, obviously these people there they are you know they are experts. They do watch college football, but at the same time, you just don't know what happens in the year. Because as I looked one year, the year before Bo got drafted first overall, and he wasn't even in the top thirty or fifty prospects. So it, I mean, I, I'm guilty of myself. I I only really watch highlights on YouTube or TikTok these days. Um, and yeah, I, I just I, I I think there's far too many mock drafts, far too many as you say, people claiming to be experts, and you know, and I, I think as well, I think almost. You, you know, you'd rather not any mock drafts because it sort of kills the surprise a little bit because you hear about 15 people saying they're going to take this guy a second of all. You know it's going to come. Whereas if you have no mock drafts, no prior draft coverage, I know you, it's impossible to do these days, it would make it so much more exciting. If you have no idea who's going to go where and you have no inkling of who's going to go where, then I think it, it'll make it much more exciting. A bit like 
you know, some sort of old school wrestling walkout when, you know, no one knows who's coming next on Royal Rumble. And it's like, they're coming on, the music's on. I, I, I just think that, I think you're right. I think there's far, too, I think we're almost these days too, with social media and all that, maybe too oversaturated with mock drafts. And I think we're too almost, we're seeing it too much now, whereas it's sort of, yeah, you sort of, towards the end, you sort of get sick of the, of the mock drafts, you get sick of the podcasts, which talk about mock drafts, you just want to get into it and get started. Yeah, ban mock drafts. It's basically because they've got an NFL channel that's on for 52 weeks a year. And the problem is that the sport is only on for <laughs> is only on for 20. And they've just got to try and say controversial things to try and get make it entertaining, which is the whole wrong web of 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 you know doing journalism. I'd rather they just showed some brilliant NFL films all the way through. Of course, the um Think of the draft one more thing. Also, the draft's in Detroit next year. Of course, it's um, it's, it's hosting the drafts. That should be a nice, I say a nice thing for Detroit. But I don't think anyone's going to want to want to go to it this year. If it's in Detroit, are you going to want to go there to watch it? Yeah, it's not a sort of place you'd go. I talk, I talk about Detroit. I think one of the biggest things that happened in the off season is that they 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 retained um Ben Johnson as offensive mm. coordinator because I think he is a quiet sort of gene genius that complements Dan Campbell's sort of personality so well and Aaron Glenn stayed there as well they talk of both of them leaving and I think that continuity in those key positions is absolutely crucial and I think Ben Johnson I mean he could have possibly gone to the Texans but he just thought you know what I'll just wait another year because he's built so much at Detroit, and one thing I've not talked about as well is is um, getting Teddy Bridgewater at quarterbacks, giving him a contract is a big, a big upgrade. I think I've always quite liked Teddy Bridgewater, and I think uh, I'm still not hundred percent sold on Jared Goff, but because he's got the best, they've got Detroit and Philadelphia probably the best defensive lines in football. So any quarterback's going to thrive there. So I feel a lot more confident if Goff goes down, you've got a proven, uh, experienced quarterback who's played different systems, who's able to go in there and do a, a good job and not crumble as we have had in the past where our backup quarterbacks have been uh, abysmal. Which well, David Blau was the most recent one I could think of. I mean, but... awful. <laughs> Uh, uh, absolutely awful, and Tim Boyle. Who's mm. that? I'm surprised that the, the the Jets have got him because he's terrible. Yeah, who's one of those? Who's one of those called... people? Sorry, I'm talking over you. Who's one of those people who plays at the um, you know, the what they call those games where it's just the 17th game of the season where it's just a dead rubber, and he'll go out on the last game of the season, he'll throw 400 yards, but he's <laughs> playing against. A t- he's playing against you know second stringers, and then he suddenly gets a contract. And the Lions go, yeah, get uh, Tim Boyle because he had that great game against no one who gave a shit. <laughs> Actually, a friend of yours, um, I I saw recently become friendly more than the group chat with him. Uh, Hugh Coles actually met Tim Boyle recently in Broadway in New York. Of course, he's out. Oh, there. did he? Yeah, so he's doing um, Back to the Future. Back in- to the Future. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he met. It was him. Aaron Rodgers was one of them, and there was two others, and I forget who these players were that that were there. It might have been CJ Uzuma, but he was saying that um, 
they got talking about Arsenal because I think he was an Arsenal fan. So I think CJ Uzma asked him what are your thoughts on Arsenal season, and they go, oh, they start stuff well, but they crumble towards the end. Apparently, then looked at Anne Rogers and goes a bit like Green Bay. <laughs> what you said that? Yeah, apparently, and then apparently Rogers just laughed and then just clinked his whatever he was drinking, whether wine or bottle of beer, whatever at Hugh Coles' drinks. I thought that was an amazing story. I heard literally last week or two, whilst I was away traveling, I heard he came through on a group chat. He was saying this, and that's an amazing. I think that's an amazing story because if he, on his Instagram he got a picture with them all backstage, they, the whole the whole crew were there. So yeah, Tim Boyle was a bit of a hard knock legend last year. I think it was David Blau, the one who had a wife in the Olympics. Whichever uh, one David Blau, yeah, David uh, Blau, yeah. I remember, I remember them him being a bit of a bit of a hard knocks um, sort of icon. It was obviously Dan Campbell's the main one. I, I've never seen a head coach be on the intro video of hard knocks before. It was all normally it's the players or it's fans, but I think he's that mm. star, you know, Dan Campbell. Um, but I think you're right about Ben Johnson because you see so many of these OCs that have that have a great year or two. They'll move to a, they'll get a head coaching job, but I think. For him, it's great. And for Lions, it's great because you've lost Staley, but apart from that, everyone else seems to have remained in the coaching staff. And I think that will really help you. And the division that I think is awfully exciting. There's no clear favourites. I think having them all there, they're keeping his sort of schemes and all that there, I think it's only a good thing. And I think Jared Goff, I think he is good. I don't think he's great, but I think he's good. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you guys could be trying for a good season. And speaking of which, we're going to head to our final segment, which is going to be our win-loss tie section. If you aren't familiar with the format listening at home, we give each fan each game where they answer each game with a win, loss or tie answer. Now, you already mentioned you think you're going to lose week one in the season opener against the Chiefs. So week two is a home game against the Seattle Seahawks. I rate the Seahawks, actually. I think we're going to... I think we're going to... I'm going to say lose. Hey... Um, so week three is another home game, but this time against the Atlanta Falcons. Win. Win. Okay. So week four on the road, Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. This is going to be another win. We're going to do those pricks. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? Do you think he's going to come good or do you think he's going to potentially struggle? It's that typical Packers, isn't it? It's almost like the same thing over again, the whole Favre-Rogers thing. They just incubate them for three years and he's probably going to be brilliant. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be, oh, the, you know, he can't... I mean, can you can you technically win Rookie of the Year if you haven't really played? <laughs> but I think it's going to be it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be... Every time they sit a quarterback for a season, they, it does seem to work. Look at Mahomes. Well, I'm basing on Mahomes and Rogers. That's what I'm basing on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think be... I think it'll work. I think, hope... be, I think it'll be good. Not as good. I mean, I don't think he'll be as good as Rogers, but I think he'll be serviceable, mm. mid-tier quarterback. I agree because the law of averages suggests that one day they will do this and they will fail. Week five is a home game against the Panthers. Win. Win. Okay, and then week six on the road to the Buccaneers. Another win. See the streaks coming in now. Now it's we're four and two now. Yeah, it's it's a good start. Um, week seven again. I'm I'm actually going to be going to uh, on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. I think we'll lose that. Okay, it'll be yeah. that Rick Tucker will score another incredible field goal. <laughs> another 
69, 70 yarder. Yeah, like, yeah. You wait and you, you watch it. You'll see it go over and you'll remember this conversation. Say, so, yes, Marek predicted this a game winning field goal from Justin Tucker. Well, sadly, I might have to leave towards the end because I'm trying to do a challenge right for our channel where I go to two games in the same day. So I'm trying to. Oh, no. So it's going to be. Basically, it's, um, I'm in Philadelphia. I get the half eight train to Baltimore, arrived about half 10, 11, and then 1 p.m. the game starts. And I got a 5.20 p.m. train back to Philly, get to there 6.45, and then the game starts at 8.10. So provided all the trains run on time, then I should do it. But that means I may have to leave probably end of the third quarter, depending on, I think it's likely like a 45-minute walk from the from the station. So get, get an Uber, it'll be like 10 minutes yeah. So I think hopefully I should do it, but yeah, I think if if I if I if that happens, I've missed it. I'll be um awfully annoyed with myself. <laughs> oh, it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So week eight is at home to the Raiders. Win. Okay, so let me to five and three going into your week nine bye week before your week ten road game in LA against the Chargers. T- a tough one, mm. but I think we'll win after the bye. And then week 11 is a home game against the Bears. Win. And then week 12 at home again against the Packers. Another win. Oh, I'm liking this star. Um, Week 13 on the road, Superdome against the Saints. I think we might I lose that one. Okay. So then week 14, you once again playing the Bears, but this time at Soldier Field. Yeah, we'll, we'll win that one. Okay, so that means week 15, you're currently 9-4 and four as you play the Denver Broncos at home. Win. Ah, okay. Um, week 16, on the road to the Minnesota Vikings. We always seem to lose. I think we'll lose that. We always seem to li- lose one to the Vikings. <laughs> and speaking of always losing, next up, you're playing the Cowboys on the road in Dallas. See, I think we'll win that one and then we'll lose. We always get done by them in the playoffs by some dodgy call. <laughs> always the Packers and the and the Packers and the Cowboys get so many calls for them in the playoffs. We got last time we lost in the playoffs was basically a dodgy holding call, I think, against the uh, uh, Cowboys. I think I remember that one with um they reverse a PI call, I want to say that was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was two, it was two really dodgy calls on the last he really I think when there was a face mask they didn't call or something I can't remember what, or maybe that was against the Packers there's always against the Packers and the Cowboys the the refs are ridiculous that's what America's team does to refs but like yeah. years ago in the Fergie Manu Old Trafford you just knew yeah, yeah. that would happen um, and then finally week 18 is a home game against the Minnesota Vikings and we'll win that one so that means that you'll finish with a 12 and 5 record. Yes. So with that, you'd assume that would win you the division. If that wins you the division, how far does that get you? And how far will you go, I should say, in the postseason? Provided we don't meet the Cowboys in the, in the, uh, so that'll guess. I keep forgetting. So now it's just all divisional. It's all the wild cards are six, isn't it? Seven. Yeah. I always get mixed up. And, and the only the top team goes through. Yeah. So, so I think we'll one... win. We should be playing a wild card team. So we should win that. Uh, we'll win the first one. And it'll be the first game we win the playoffs. And then you're losing the divisional. I think 
So I, mean, yeah. I can see us getting to. I can see us getting to the championship game and losing. Okay, I like that. I think that's. A, I think that's a possibility. I, because I think... the NFCs, who is there? Eagles, 49ers. I mean, they're the big two, and I don't really think there's any other side. I think the Seahawks are good as well. Everyone else in the, in the South is in a weird sort of transition phase. I think the Saints might be quite quite like, but um, yeah, I think we could get to the championship game. I th- I think I think you could because. You never know how seeding works. The Eagles could pace the 49ers in a divisional round. You know, it's, it, it could be the case where that happens. And I think, you know, I, I think definitely in that conference, I think it is wide open. And it just, you know, it just takes one or two injuries for the Eagles and Niners fast to open up. You know, the Eagles could lose Jaden Hurts or they could lose one yeah. of their players or the Niners could lose George Kittle or they could lose Fred Warner. And I think that, I think both are fairly well open for different reasons. But I, I think the NFC, I think, is one open for a team like yourselves um, to, to make that run, and, and I do think it's. Um, I, I do think that I do worry about maybe it's the mentality and mentality changes. I, I I do worry about that, and maybe it was a. I, I don't know, but it's it's. Um, I think everyone would love to see it happen. I think unless you're you know a Vikings, Packers, or Bears fan, I think most NFL fans will be certainly behind you, like, like like they were with the Bengals all, a few years ago for not winning many playoff games. So I think I think yeah, you guys would be. I think I think you have turned to everyone's second second favorite team in the last in the last year. Everyone loves Dan Campbell. Well, everyone loves Jamal Williams. He's not there now, but everyone loves the line. They love the story about how you've not won in so long. And I think or it, basically it's like what the Browns were until they got the Sean Watson. So I think mm. I think you guys, yeah, I think it would be a great story, and I I, I would love to see it. Um, Who are your predictions for the NFC Championship game then? Eagles well, I'm going to leave that because I'm going to actually got a predictions episode coming. Oh, no. I, I, I will tell you off camera who my prediction is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is where we'll end the episode for today. So thank you once again, Marek, for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to find out more about me, why not check out my YouTube channel or if you like walking, which m- many of you won't, go to cooldudeswalkingclub.com and I do walks on YouTube. It's pretty exciting. Thank you. And also, if you like paintings, you, you do some art as well on your YouTube channel. Is that still? Oh, uh, yeah, there's a load of old shit on there. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you can find, if you go really back down the archive, you can find Marek Lara teaching Hugh Coles or, or Jordan Michaels how to play basketball. Ah, uh, yes, you saw that. Yeah, me and Hugh in the video that he made. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a good video, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, but yeah, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, Detroit Lions season preview. I've been Andy. This has been Marek Larwood, and we will see you guys for our next season preview, which will be the Jacksonville Jaguars. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>